This is a really remarkable story about a totally unremarkable man. A ruthless intruder broke into his shabby home in search of loot, but instead found one brave shoe salesman who for all of us finally said no more. And that man is Al the Defender Bundy. Let's roll. I get a open. No man presents live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. All right, it's Wednesday. Look at that bouncer doing such a good job of defending the borders of this nudie bar. My name is Al. And, you know, before I do this show, I like to count hooters to get me in the mood, you know, while all these beautiful girls are on stage. So let me do that real quick. Two, four, six, eight. Oh, look, twins. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Objection stain. <laughs> Is that the only stain in here? <laughs> and I'm Dan. Warning, assholes are closer than they appear. Ah, Ace Ventura. <laughs> wow, man. I <laughs> we are reviewing unalful entry. Al becomes a local hero when he stands up to a burglar. Season 7, Episode 20, Original Air Date, March 28th, 1993. Director Amanda Burse, that's what she was doing. Writer, Larry Jacobson. Special guest stars, Randall Tex Cobb as Burglar. And uh, of course, that's IMDb failing again, because his name in the episode is not just the burglar, it's Richard Johnson. And for those of you who don't get the joke, the penis is normally referred to as a Johnson or Richard. That's why the name Dick is short for Richard. You can hear later on the judge say, you know, Richard Johnson versus Al Bundy in the blah, blah, blah case. So yeah, there should be something in there of his actual name, not just burglar. Dan Tullis Jr. as Officer Dan. Wait, no. As Policeman. Still. Edwin Owens as Judge. Brooke Stacy Mills as Sandy. Melanie Chartoff as Lori Diamond, the attorney. And she's actually known for Parker Lewis Can't Lose. And that's a show that Bud Bundy had a random cameo on. Oh, nice. So some things you should know, this episode was profiled in the the behind-the-scenes Fox special, A Day in the Life. They followed Ted McGinley and Amanda Burse around. You know, she was directing this episode, so she she was a highlight of the uh, A Day in the Life. Uh, They followed them around for the day. It's definitely worth a watch. It shows Amanda giving out gifts to her cast members, making a call to someone whose part was cut from the episode. Um, It's on YouTube. And it's actually Annabelle Whitford's rip that she did years ago. There's no really amazing 
quality version. So check that out on YouTube, A Day in the Life, Married with Children. And um That's cool. Yeah. I'm more I'm more interested uh, you know, in stuff like that now that we dive into the show like we do, you know, on a weekly basis. I'm interested with uh with some video footage and stuff like that. So I'm gonna definitely check that out. Me too. I love that stuff. And dude, like the <laughs> Eighty percent of all the stuff on YouTube <laughs> is horrible quality, anyways. So <laughs> right, yeah, it wouldn't phase me to look at this. <laughs> right, I'm saying yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the title pun is unlawful entry, and they just switched it to Al. <laughs> Tonight, if you thought Wanda was nasty, meet Snooky. Who's a woman got to sleep but to get some service around? In living color, and it's Kelly Bundy for the defense. Ordering the court. I'll have cheeseburger. Mary with children. So, the opening scene is reminiscent of the Three Stooges, when Al's doing that snoring like... <laughs> or whatever he's doing. Uh, those weird squealing sounds. Uh, the way Peg... Pulls the pillow away, and Al's head is, like, in the same position. <laughs> <laughs> they start a lot of episodes off in bed, I know, I've been noticing. Yeah. Not you again. <laughs> well, honey, now that you're up, rub my tushy so I can go back to sleep. Uh, how come nobody ever rubs my tushy? Well, I tell you what. This weekend, you mow it, I'll rub it. We start off with another rub my tushy so I can go to bed gag, and this time, they may, they base literally an episode around it. So that's pretty cool, right? I mean... We appreciated that continuity a couple episodes ago. Now they took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, they made it an actual plot point. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would really help me go to sleep? Yes, I do, Peg, but I don't think we can get Dr. Kevorkian on such short notice. <laughs> no, Al. Tell me a story. Oh, all right. Once upon a time... There was a princess named Peggy. Ooh, I like this one. She had everything. Beauty, charm, breeding, inbreeding. <laughs> a huge fat mother, everything a little girl could want. Then one day, she married a prince. Bonnie Prince Al. Were they happy? Not at first. <laughs> but then she brought over four of her best girlfriends with the most luscious hooters you ever saw. <laughs> The princess went into a deep, deep sleep. And Al and the eight hooters lived happily ever after. Don't you worry, guys. No matter what he says, he still loves you. Tell him that you do, Al. They know I do, Peg. It's you I have the problem with. <laughs> that was nice to hear because he never... He never compliments her, and I think she has a great body. And... He never says anything about it, but it's nice to hear that he does appreciate them. Yeah, and it kind of clarifies, like, when people say, dude, what's wrong with you? Peg's hot. Look at those boobs, like I said, in the Peggy and the Pirates episode and all that stuff. 
And it's like, why is he not into this? And uh, now we see that, oh, no, he's, he's kind of digging her body. It's just that it's her he doesn't like, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> yes. She says something about put her to sleep, and then he says, yeah, Peg, but I don't think we can get Dr. Kevorkian on such short notice. <laughs> <laughs> used to hear jokes about Dr. Kevorkian back in the 90s all the time. All the time. (laughs) Yeah, really tapered off in the 2000s, and it's just been gone for 15 years or so. So younger people really might not get that, because I'm sure they never really looked it up when they hear the name. But Jack Kevorkian, born in 28, died in 2011, was a pathologist and anesthesia euthanasia proponent. He's best known for publicly championing a terminal patient's right to die by physician-assisted suicide, embodied in his quote, dying is not a crime. So Kevorkian claimed to have assisted at least 130 patients to that end. He was often portrayed in media with the name of Dr. Death. There was support for his cause, and he helped set the platform for reform. Yeah, you you couldn't get through the 90s without hearing a Dr. Kevorkian joke, (laughs) Right. you know? (laughs) No. (laughs) As far as uh, our beliefs in that, we don't know what someone's going through. And if you go to a doctor, it's it's probably not an emotional decision. And it's probably like, well, do I want to slowly die of whatever disease I'm surely to die from and suffer for three months and then die? Or just kill me now i think if it's like an absolute you're breaking down these things are shutting down and you will not survive or something like that then i am all for someone having assisted uh death well yeah and and i you know the more you kind of think about what the situation was with dr kevorkian it's a lot less scary than my initial thought of what he was back in the 90s. You know, I used to hear that name and it would be up there with like Freddy Krueger and like, oh, you better watch out for Dr. Kevorkian. And now, now that I look at it, I'm like, oh, he he was actually, he's actually now obviously, uh, you know, depending on your viewpoint of it, you know, whether you agree with something like that or not. But uh, I'm with you, you know, if they can consent to it and, and they're in pain or whatever. Hey, right. Yeah, I'm sure there's a political angle, but I don't know which side is in favor, and I don't care. But uh, I'm just <laughs> right. telling you what I think, so don't uh, don't label us into any. Well, and I think the circumstances would have to be right, you know? Like, you can't just, hey, you're 80. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can't just be committing suicide here. Let's <laughs> just uh, push you off a cliff when you turn 72. Right. Uh, it's, uh, you know, that's from dinosaurs if anyone remembers that but one of the big issues against this is obviously the religious sect Uh, they have a big voice you know because it's you know to religious people or particularly christian people committing suicide is the the unforgivable sin you cannot go to heaven if you commit suicide Mm -hmm. so they have an issue i though am not religious I would much rather see a loved one not have to suffer if they choose not to. Right. And ultimately, I think it's up to it should be up to them, you know, especially if they are elderly and 
there is no way they're going to get out of it. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's no way. Then why would you force them to continue to suffer? Right. For what? For so yeah, so you're so you could be satisfied with your religious beliefs and what you think should ha- what you think is right. Why is your opinion have so much bearing on my actual life? Right. And that, well, that statement goes for pretty much anything, really. You know, um, you really shouldn't have an opinion on what I do with my life as long as I'm not hurting you or anyone else. Uh, You know, I just stay out of my life. (laughs) Stay out of my, that's our theme for the show. Stay out of my house, stay out of my life. (laughs) Then Al says that story about how Peg is going to one day marry Prince Bonnie or Bonnie Prince Al. The Scots word Bonnie means pleasing or attractive, so that that's what Al's describing himself as. Now I'm all tense, but I know what you could do to make me drowsy. Oh, uh, no. Not that, Al. That only puts you to sleep. Could you go down and get me a nice warm glass of milk? But hurry back, honey. You know I can't sleep without you. <laughs> so is your tushy your milk your stinking orgasm <laughs> what about me how come I don't get no tushy rub yeah. and if there is one desirable tushy in this house it's the one right behind me yeah. <laughs> hey this is alright so Al goes downstairs for warm milk and discovers how enjoyable it is to Rub his own tushy. And I was just surprised he had milk. <laughs> Always when needed. Always when convenient for the plot. Yep. How come I spend so much time like this? When this is right around the corner. Hey, wait a second. I've got two hands. What did you think about Al fondling his ass and putting his hand down his pants at the same time? I found it unbelievable because, one, how is he first just discovering this? <laughs> yeah. And and two, I didn't understand it because I don't um, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel the same way Al does about rubbing my own tushy. Like, it just feels like whatever. It like, doesn't, it doesn't work. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't whole... do it yourself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It made for a great visual, though. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, him first discovering it, it was hilarious, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you sat on your hand for a while and you could do the stranger, but with butt rubbing, <laughs> then that might work. The Dutch know. rudder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, great visual, though. I posted that in our married children group, so check that out. If there's one desirable tushy in the house, it's the one right behind me. If you guys notice, Al keeps talking about how nice of a buddy has throughout the series, but I thought we established in Going for the Old that his butt disappeared, basically. <laughs> Didn't they say his, from his back it goes straight down to his legs? <laughs> oh, no, it, it came back uh, just like the milk uh, for the pot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Al falls asleep to this because apparently this helps you go to sleep. 
which I've never tried. My wife's never asked for, so I can't confirm or deny. Hi, Daddy. You know, you're twice as talented as Michael Jackson because he only uses one hand. <laughs> That's great. Now I won't fall asleep again. Well, I guess I'll try what I learned from my dad when I was a kid. Counting hooters. <laughs> Two, four, six, eight. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. It's twins. Twelve, fourteen. I would probably keep me awake rather than put me asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how many times I literally could not keep my eyes open, and for whatever reason, something with smut comes across my phone screen, or I just for some reason hit something to go onto a site or whatever, and suddenly I'm wide awake for the next 20 minutes. It's all it takes. Yeah, right. It's amazing. Yep. How often does smut randomly come across your screen? Oh, when I click the uh, things on my home page. Oh, yeah. When you, you, it, so it randomly comes across your screen when you click on the link. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's really weird. <laughs> I got to call the phone company back. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so <laughs> Bud walks in with a pretty decent looking girl. gonna come inside no oh i get it you want me right here right now on the floor yeah. Tell me. well why'd you walk me to my door then because it was the only way to get you out of my car <laughs> uh dad did, did you see that no <laughs> did you see this <laughs> No. Good. Good night, son. Good night. Which was just, it was just weird, but yet funny at the same time. It was funny, but she's not a good actress. No. It looked like she was reading, like, reading off to the side or something. I just, and there was, you know, when he said, you know, you, oh, you want me right here, right now on the floor. And she's like, hell no. (laughs) I'm like, what's wrong with your delivery? And she looked kind of bitchy. That was like her acting like, okay, just act pissed off. That's all. So I'm thinking he spent, did he just spend the entire evening with her? And if he did, how could he have had an enjoyable time? Because she clearly <laughs> has a bad attitude. And, and But it, it's weird how they choose from episode to episode which side of the coin it's going to fall on. Is Bud going to be a ladies man or are they just going to, and that, and that's what it was when this girl came in. I'm like, Oh, how's this going to go? But at the same time, I don't know. I don't know if I have like a, a problem with that or what it's like, why is it like so in the air for Bud these days? Like we never know which way it's going to go now. Like it's so confusing. Well, Dan, I think we could uh, lump it into uh, food and Heinies and now it was just needed in that moment. It's just needed. <laughs> See, but and but, but to Jamie's point, though, I, I don't think it was justified because it wasn't that funny. Like, her lines were just, meh, like, keep it moving. Like, almost like, hey, here's the hot chick for the episode. Get a good look at it. Get a good look at it. Okay, bye. Right. It's just that, well, we need, a, we need to throw this in. Let's just pepper in another thing for Bud. Keep that moving or whatever and uh, make the show feel lived in, make things feel like people are doing stuff and... 
yeah, we know that we have a whole conflict here, but, you know, let's just throw that in there. Right. I think it could have been much funnier if the delivery was better. I mean, I'm actually picturing a whole different scenario in my head where it's a, an actress that can pull it off. She just looked, <laughs> she just acted like she was bored, like just bored to be there. And, and like I said, it looked like she was reading her lines off screen. Uh, like she wasn't even like, are you somebody's daughter? What, what, well, no, it here? turns out she's had a few acting parts before this. Three in 88, Hairspray in the Crowd, Stealing Home. And 88 to 89, As the World Turned, she was in seven episodes. Did one episode of Doogie Howser, Charles in Charge. Then came here to do this few lines and couldn't even do that right and it was three years after charles in charge which was in 90 so she had three years of no acting then she goes on to have a total of 21 acting credits she's still acting today she's known for a law-abiding citizen the other woman hairspray and 21 bridges mm, well, well so she's not big into acting but she continues to do it <laughs> you would think <laughs> you would think that she got really good though if anytime i hear somebody that was on a soap you know like that's that's pretty intensive like like for, well from what i understand it's kind of basically like live in a way you know the way they the way they kind of shoot it and how fast they shoot it yeah so you would yeah, think that, you don't have a lot of time because they right. you know they have episodes coming out every day so is it every day? Monday through Friday. Oh wow! Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if they, yeah, if they did it on the weekends, I'd I'd write a letter. Uh, yeah. Son, <laughs> always remember, you've got two hands. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I'll be needing them. <laughs> and sorry, Bud. I really don't think he'll be needing both of them. <laughs> no offense. A burglar breaks into the sliding doors at the Bundy house. Al sleeping on the couch. The sliding doors seem to just be the screens, by the way. Like, Yeah, I noticed that. That's not safe. <laughs> you might want to close the glass one, too, there in the middle <laughs> of the night. Um, so <clears throat> the burglar who breaks into their house is Randall Tex Cobb. As far as acting goes, he's known for Raising Arizona, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Naked Gun 33 and a Third, and Uncommon Valor, which uh, we just covered on the Hard to Kill podcast. Um, I'm on a action podcast where we watch action movies and we do commentaries and you can watch along with us. And we, it's called the Hard to Kill podcast and we just did that one a couple weeks ago. So this guy is actually a heavyweight boxer. Uh, Randall Tex Cobb, he's had three highly colorful careers as a kickboxer, pro boxer, and movie actor. He's six foot three inches, 225 pounds. He was a high school football player, a martial artist. He enjoys extreme sports to the max. He realized that the big money was in boxing, so he switched to boxing instead of kickboxing. He's known for having a cast iron chin. <laughs> so what happened in this episode would never really happen. Right. He has a sledgehammer punch and a gift for Gab. 
Cobb quickly established himself as one of the top heavyweight contenders in the world. Cobb's brutal one-sided beating of heavyweight Larry Holmes over 15 rounds, Cobb was never off his feet, caused world-famous boxing announcer Howard Cosell to swear off boxing for the rest of his life. Cobb took the beating with a typical grin and wide smirk. (laughs) So his antics captured Hollywood's attention, and he was cast in John Voight's remake of The Champ. It was really successful. He got positive reviews for his raw and primitive acting style. It basically launched a huge career in acting for him. And he's part of a really controversial thing, too. In 1993, the year this was filmed, but in October, so he doesn't know about this yet, Sports Illustrated will publish an article called The Fix Was In. Uh-oh. The article reported that Cobb knowingly participated with another boxer, Paul Sonny Barch, in fixing a boxing match in Florida in 1992. The article said that Cobb used cocaine with Barch after the fight. <laughs> Cobb sued the magazine for libel in Tennessee. The U.S. Court of Appeals in Cincinnati ruled that the magazine and its reporters did not act with actual malice when they published the article. So he did not get anything for suing them. (laughs) We didn't mean anything bad when you say that you uh, fixed the fight and you did coke after it. (laughs) But no, 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 seriously. Like, it's a, a, uh, you know, it's a fluff piece. Right. Yeah, and I love how he lost this the same way Al lost the case against him in this episode. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. But wow, I didn't know that he was a fighter and he had such an extensive career. I just know him from the guy from Ace Ventura. Asia Bobo. Yeah, I know him from that primarily, but I do recognize him in other stuff all the time. Like, Oh, like uh, Naked Gun 33 and a third, like when he was brushing his teeth or whatever he's doing really weird or eating dirt or something weird. I forgot what it was, but Mm -hmm, um, I always recognize him, though. Um, And I got to say, before we even get deeply into this, and since every time I see his face, I thought of this as a a kid, I hated this episode growing (laughs) up. And I hated it because it got me so angry because Al Bundy was my hero growing up. Um, like when I was 11, 12, 13, when this episode came out, I was, uh, 12. And when I watched it, it infuriated me. Like I took it seriously. I was like, this guy breaks into their house and Al's getting sued. And the way he's sitting there acting like he is in court, like he's the victim. Like it just really pissed me off as if this was real. And, and the, and the hits uh, kept on coming, no pun intended. Because yeah, he was he was making jokes at Al's expense. Like they they were writing some great stuff for him. He was getting them in this episode, right? And growing up, this always angered me. I can see that. Yeah, and I never liked it. I really hated this episode because of that. The way he got away with it and everything. It was so funny how I how I took it. I gotta say, all in my twenties and thirties, I didn't really revisit this a ton, but I definitely did enough. That I knew most of the the main jokes here, so I, I guess I didn't avoid it as I got you know as I matured and and I you know, but yeah, as a kid, just a little side note, I hated this. Uh, yeah, kids are great; they bring you so much pleasure. 
That's why a man should always have a dog. Buck boy, bring me my slippers, boy. <laughs> ah, that's all right, boy. You don't owe me anything. Just your worthless, stinking one step away from being gassed in the dog pound life. <laughs> all right, back to Hooters. 30, 32, 34, 36. So in 1992, uh, that's when Unlawful Entry came out. Mm-hmm. The movie. And that is... Ray Liotta, Kurt Russell, Madeline Stowe, I think, plays Kurt Russell's wife. And Kurt Russell befriends Ray Liotta, who's a cop. And then Ray Liotta starts getting creepy. Well, in that movie, he tells a story about a burglar who crawled up on someone's roof, fell through a skylight, and then sued the homeowner. I remember being so angry that that happened. But here's the funny part. I love that movie. I saw it in the theater. I have been craving it right, for probably a couple of years now. I've just been like, oh, I really want to see that movie. I can't find it anywhere, like online to stream or anything. So, well, I actually did find it one place, but I don't have that service. But <laughs> um, anyway, I just bought that like three days ago Yeah. on Amazon. Oh, wow. I bought it, and I haven't received it yet, but I just bought that movie. Wow. Isn't that weird? How random is that, that I would buy a 28-year-old movie, (laughs) and then... Wow. Like, that basically comes up on this show. I just thought that was was funny. But that always irritated me, and I've heard stories about um, if, you know people breaking into other people's homes and uh, slipping and falling or whatever. And then they get, and then they get to sue the homeowner. There was actually a case back when I lived in Georgia where this guy had a dog, I think it was Rottweiler and he had a huge fence all the way, like a big wooden fence, all like a privacy fence all the way around his property and signs all over the fence that said, uh, you know, beware of dog. You know, so he was being very like, stay out of my house, you know, like stay out, stay off my property. This dude climbed his fence and then was bitten by the guy's dog and sued him and won. How? I don't. From the scumbag sitting in the jury box. Like it just and that sort of thing irritates me so much. Yeah. I'm really glad to be living in a stand your ground state, but. (laughs) Right. To me, it's just not right. And the unfortunate thing is that that's not something that's just made up for the show. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they did this. You know, it's basically a spoof. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right. It's amazing that could happen. And it's all our fault because we are the ones who get picked for the jury and we are ultimately the ones who make that decision. We let these guys get away with it. God only knows what went on when they all got together to convene. You know, it's like... Seriously? Right. So uh, this guy steals Al's watch and he (laughs) holds it up to his ear and he hears that it's not even ticking. So he slides the watch back onto Al's wrist. (laughs) Yet he kept the plastic clown. Right? Makes sense. This is like... uh, Another funny trivia thing that used 
used to amuse some people, I guess, uh, in, in whatever way, maybe a bad way, about me. I had a watch that I really liked. It eventually just stopped working. But at this point, we already had cell phones and everything else, and nobody really uses a watch to tell time. You know, you just hold your phone up and click it and you see what time it is. So, And that, that just became a part of our culture. So I really liked the way the watch looked, so I continued to wear it for years, even though it didn't even work. <laughs> and some people that, like, really aggravated them for some reason they thought it was the stupidest thing they ever heard <laughs> and other people didn't care because who cares <laughs> about my watch right so it's funny to see that that's another cool thing i have in common with al and the other weird thing is that we both wear it on our right hand which is oh right not what you're really supposed to do hey man you you watch a dope rocket who cares Right, it's like a nice watch, and it's, so it doesn't work anymore. Like, who cares? Like, who? what does that mean in the span of a day? You go out to a, a wedding, and you have a nice watch on. Does it really matter? I hope he could tell time on that thing. Otherwise, I don't know why he's wearing it. What I what, what I take from that story is, yeah, exactly what you just said. Like, people are ridiculous. Like, why do you care? How is this negatively impacting your life? Right. Like, like, are they like, hey, Al, what time is it? Like, first of all, like, you have a phone just like I do. So you shouldn't be asking me what time it is. Exactly. Like, like time to get a watch. You should have said that. <laughs> like, because that's that's about his play. But yeah, like, hey, if it's if it looks dope, I'd rock it. And I don't know if if people understand this, but for guys, you know, watches are big. Watches make an outfit pop, you know? Right, that's what I'm saying. You you don't accessorize. Like, you keep it simple. But if you got a dope watch on, it just just brings the whole outfit together. It's huge, you know? Because I've never been into necklaces. I don't like – I don't like stuff around my neck. Obviously, I got got nothing to work with uh, as far as the dome piece is concerned on Mm -hmm. the top of my head. So it's like, what else do you got? So you dress – you know, you get a nice uh, outfit going and then you get a dope watch on top of it. Forget it. You're in – yeah, that's good. So uh, so the guy's stealing Al's TV. He he bumps into Al, and Al's sleeping, mind you. And Al's like in a half-sleep, half-awake stage, and he says, Oh, Peg. And he starts, he grabs this guy's ass and starts rubbing it and, like, massaging it. And the guy uh, flips out on Al and wakes him up. Hey, 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 hey! Hey, 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 you're not my wife. What are you doing with my TV? Nothing as bad as you're doing with my butt. <laughs> now, don't look for trouble, mister. Just shut up and sit down. This stuff ain't worth losing your life over. Hey, this is my house. I don't let the bank in here and they own the place. <laughs> don't you take another step. Second boy. and buck just gets up and he just runs upstairs (laughs) but he was laying there the whole time this altercation was happening not even doing anything and then once he's called upon to do something he just gets up and goes upstairs but it does lead to a good line where the guy goes hey buddy why don't you be as smart as your dog (laughs) i've tried i've tried he says (laughs) and then al 
throws a right cross and lays this dude out with one punch. A dude with a cast iron jaw. <laughs> yeah. So that was cool. That was great to see that Al not being afraid of this. I And I got a question for you guys. Have you guys ever been robbed? You know, like whether it be in person or your house has been robbed, anything like that? Yeah. In um, September 5th, 2008, my apartment was broken into. It was uh, an inside job because they knew exactly when I'd leave to do it and stuff. It was it was the landlord. It was like a whole shady. It was a bad area I lived in. I broke up with the girl I was living with. He knew that she left. We talked enough. He was interactive enough to, uh, to know these things. And uh, so she left, and basically they knew I was getting out of my lease within a couple months. Mm-hmm. They had to hurry up and, and get this done. They did it like, I would say like 10 days after she left and they knew I was on my way out and before I started packing or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I went I went to work and then um, they, the landlord and the people who quote unquote work there knew to leave the entire building during the exact span of time these people went in. They just went right up the stairs. They, out of every, there was like probably 50 people living in this building and they knew to go four flights up and right to the corner door right to my place wow yep for professional scumbags yeah so they knew exactly did anything ever come of that like were you able to do anything about it gave all the details to the police everything leading it to the landlord turns out after i was done doing all that it turns out that his father used to work at that police station Oh, he got away on. with it. Yep. Really? Yeah. That just took a twist turn. Yeah, it did. Wow. So, yeah, it was an inside thing. You know, uh, oh, you're, yeah, we knew your, you know, your dad. And... and this is a really remarkable story about a totally unremarkable man. <laughs> a ruthless intruder broke into his shabby home in search of loot. <laughs> but instead found one brave shoe salesman who for all of us finally said no more. And that man is Al the Defender Bundy. Uh, She was in the Chicago wine party as Muffy. Oh. Yeah, her name is Carrie Coleman. She's famous for The Amazing Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Multiplicity and Jag. That anchor woman. Um, I've seen both those movies. I don't remember her. Everyone's all excited because this is the episode in which you see the iconic picture that every Married with Children group and page itself and website has Al Bundy's driver's license, the famous revoked stamp on it. Posted so I I see this post at least once every three to six months. <laughs> when you examine it, it says that Al Bundy's height is six foot and a half. When Ed O'Neill is six foot one, um, his date of birth is November seventh, nineteen forty eight. That gets um, heavily scrutinized, of course. It's stated uh, by Peg in season eight that Al's zodiac sign is Cancer. Mm-hmm. However, you know, November 7th would make him a Scorpio. Oh. But then people go as far as to say that 
if they read it with the date first, it would make his birthday the 11th of July, which would be a cancer. Now, that's really reaching. That is very much so reaching. <laughs> yeah, that's like the stupidest thing I ever read. I can debunk well, the... It wouldn't happen that way here in the States. They don't... <laughs> right. Hey, Mom, you think Dad can make money off this whole thing? Now, honey, you heard what your father said to the press. This was an act of pure heroism, not to be cheapened by crass commercialism. And you know, your father's word is as good as his breath. (laughs) So Al tries to make money off of this whole situation, hawking products like Bill Cosby. (laughs) When he was hot. Bill Cosby did a lot of commercial work. Um, He started off with White Owl cigars, then he did Jell-O pudding... Coca-Cola, including the new Coke. He did Texas Instruments, E.F. Hutton and Company, Kodak, if you remember that one. The 1990 United States Census. Oh, that's so weird because this is a census year. It is. Right now that we're in. I'm getting reminders about it everywhere I look. (laughs) Yeah, by Bill Cosby. I got the form. I need to do it. As of 2002, Cosby held the record for being the longest-serving celebrity spokesperson for a product through his work with Jell-O. In 2011, he won the President's Award for Contributions to Advertising from the Advertising Hall of Fame. Public opinion of him dropped, obviously, in 2014. (laughs) And then this happened. Uh, many sexual assault accusations, the earliest which uh, dates back decades. More than 60 women accused him of rape, drug-facilitated sexual assault, sexual battery, whatever that is, child sexual abuse. That's where he beat you with his penis. Yeah, he, he clubs you over the head with his penis. That's sexual battery. <laughs> no, I'm just... He it, said, I, eat the pudding. That is so... I love putting that's my... That's so not funny. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Wow. Um, Sexual misconduct. Although the state of limitations had by then expired in nearly all the cases, Cosby was found guilty of three counts of aggravated indecent assault in April 2018 and sentenced to three to ten years in prison in September 2018. So, um, yeah, Al has crap all over him, iron-on patches all over his clothes. It is absolutely ridiculous. It's like pins oil and all this stuff. It's it's funny. And on the back, it says uh, Bundy Security Systems. <laughs> so, like, it, home security is actually, like, used Al to, uh, you know, do you want a, a good security system? Get the Bundy security system. You know, that'll keep burglars out of your house. Yeah, he'll show up and punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> He's a walking billboard. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I am an American hero. <laughs> and in the grand tradition of American heroes, I will hot more products than Bill Cosby. Yeah! <laughs> when he was hot. <laughs> Jello pudding people. <laughs> oh, oh. Hey, Al, I saw you on television. <laughs> but how can I put this delicately? You were as dull as women's golf. Yeah. <laughs> well, but look, 
I, I know that you're looking for endorsements, you know, but, I mean, let's face the facts. You're limited by your coarse and common look. So, we tell the advertisers that I'm Al Bundy. I mean, what company wouldn't want me as their spokesman? I've got it all. I'm the total package. I'm non-threatening, superficial. <laughs> I am the 90s, babe. <laughs> look, I even fit better with your family. <laughs> And he goes, look, I even fit better with your family. And he goes over to the couch and he like puts his arm around them and poses and looks at Al. And I got to say, he does really look good with that family. <laughs> you see how I can make anything look better? Oh, Al, take a picture. Mom will be so happy. <laughs> it does enhance them. It makes, it adds a, a bit of class and other things. And and that's obviously why they chose him to be Norman Jablonski in the famous episode, uh, right. It's a Bundyful Life, because he classes up that family. It's amazing what the image of Al sitting with them. Comp- I mean, listen, that's it's classic, iconic perfection, because that's who the Bundys really are. We know their personalities. Al is them. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing how if you didn't know them and you just put Jefferson with them, it's like, wow, what a nice family. Right. <laughs> so that it was the perfect joke for this little uh, bit part he has here. Yes, I agree. So, uh, like I said, not yet. Officer Dan shows up at the Bundy house. Oh, hello, officer. Did you uh, mistake our house for a donut shop? <laughs> Obviously not. There's only one of me. <laughs> Now that was a bigger joke too. These like a lot of this it's sad in a way, but I guess fitting that it's over with. But again, a big joke with police officers used to always be that all they did was drink coffee and eat donuts. It's all about, oh, you want to find a cop, go to your go to Dunkin' Donuts, you'll see a few there. And then, you know, in real life you really did. And uh it's cuz they drink they everybody likes Dunkin' Donuts coffee and they sometimes get a donut too. It was really played big in The Simpsons and Married with Children, and I'm sure other shows, too. I just didn't have time to watch everything. but Every other show ever written into existence. Right. It was always the big thing, cops and donuts. Yep. <laughs> Even the bangles. Yeah, right. If you want to find all the cops are hanging out at the donut shop, they singing down. <laughs> it, um... It died down, I'd say, in the last 20 years. You don't really hear that as abundantly as you used to. Mr. Bundy, the guys down at the station think you're great. In fact, we've ripped up all your parking tickets. And Jamie hated that part. We're covering up that little incident down at the nudie bar. (laughs) See, I automatically, I'm like, oh, what did he do? You know, I'm wondering. I'm like, what What could this possibly be? I don't know. What do you guys think it is? Uh, I personally think he probably just got drunk and, and I don't know, gra- grabbed a couple. Grabbed somebody? Yeah, maybe some twins or something. <clears throat> he tweaked some twins? That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> right. like so, something, something like that. I don't know. I just or assume maybe that he he's got talking wasted. about that time that he got into the fight. and uh-huh. Yeah. In Rites of Passage. When they had the fight at the nudie bar. Okay, man, we just overthought it. You're right. That's it. We shouldn't be looking for some secret thing. <laughs> right. But well, we got some bad news for you. 
that burglar got out on bail and he says he's coming to get you. (laughs) And immediately Jefferson gets up off the couch and just slinks out of the house. (laughs) Because he no longer (laughs) wants to be Al. Because then the guy will come after him. Now, this is really funny because I just watched Rocky IV like two days ago. And before Rocky gets in the ring with Ivan Drago, before he even makes his way, does the whole entrance to the ring, um, Paulie pulls him aside. He goes, you know, Rocco, uh, I, I say a lot of stupid things and do stupid things. And if I could unzip myself and be anybody, I want to be you. And he goes, thanks, Paulie. So then, you know, they get in the ring and then all of a sudden Ivan Drago comes down. He gets in the ring and he takes his robe off and he's just like gigantic built muscular killing machine and then he hits rocky's gloves and then they go to their corners and apollo goes hey rock remember i said that thing about wanting to be you he goes yeah he goes forget it (laughs) so it was almost the same thing here same thing right yeah exactly (laughs) and they both happened in the span of two two three days (laughs) so funny Ah, let him come i'm not afraid of him i took him when he had a crowbar and i'll take him now what kind of weapons he got this time? A gun? More deadly. A lawyer. <laughs> he says you attacked him. He's suing you for $50,000. Peg? I'm ready for court. Where are the kids? They're upstairs. Honey, they have a surprise for you. Kids! Come down and show daddy! The kids want to show support for this whole case. And they come down the stairs in a shirt, homemade shirt, that says, I am a Bundy. Now, we know that they've had bags on their heads when they didn't want to be associated with being a Bundy. I think they did. Didn't they have signs when they were homeless? that They were pretending to be homeless, begging, and they said, I'm a Bundy, though, to get money? Or my father's a shoe salesman? One of the two, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this is the first time they ever showed support about being a Bundy. Of course, they take the shirts off when they think the case is hopeless. Well, Kelly doesn't even know what it says anyway. All right. Kids, you don't know what this means to me. You never said that in public before. What do these things say anyway? (laughs) What difference does it make? important thing is it's going to get us cars yeah. <laughs> well, well uh, kids uh, that won't come till after the trial but hey, don't worry about it you know your dad's a winner <laughs> of course they take the shirts off when they think the case is hopeless good morning you dad if you ever want to see these shirts again you better get a good lawyer what for it's cut and dried guy broke into my house I broke into his face. Simple. So simple a moron could defend me. Your Honor, I am here to defend my daddy. So Kelly looks so hot in that red jacket with a black dress underneath it, being Al's lawyer in court. Oh, yes, yeah. That first shot of her, too, when when everybody's laughing because it's Kelly, and then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And even, like, she does some poses in the courtroom, and she just looks super cute and just hot, man. So Um, I I thought, though, you know, the the great thing about the show is they can really go any direction. 
and it still has, you know, <laughs> uh, a great chance of being really funny. I thought that they were gonna shift and and focus more on Kelly being a lawyer, like just that alone, the whole time could be a yeah, whole episode. Yeah. yeah, they played into it. I don't even know, like not not much at all. I want to say, if any, a minute, a minute. Just maybe. the fact of her being a lawyer was, and I guess it is kind of funny enough. You don't you don't have to, but I would have loved to see that. Yeah, I didn't memorize this episode, so I also thought that would last a little longer. Um, but no, no, not at all. D is for daddy. <laughs> A is for daddy. D is for daddy. Y is for daddy. I is for daddy. We is for daddy. The defense breasts. <laughs> Uh, Your Honor, if there actually is a valid lawsuit here, it should be Bundy versus the Board of Education because she actually graduated high school. <laughs> that could be a a pun on the Brown versus Board of Education, the uh, 1954 landmark Supreme Court case, perhaps? I would assume so. Yeah, definitely. Now, if you don't mind, I will now fire my daughter and put my money on another idiot, me. Objection stained. The defendant who represents himself has a fool for a lawyer? Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the uh, the gist of it. I mean, the only thing worse than representing yourself is if you have Lionel Hutz as your lawyer. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, Phil Hartman. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Order in the court. I'll have a cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm on trial, yet she walks free. Your Honor, I motion that this case be thrown out of court so I can get my money for my endorsement deals and give you whatever you think is your fair share. <laughs> Mr. Bundy, I have a date with a prostitute. But there are certain procedures that we must follow. <laughs> His delivery of that is just amazing. It's so dark in a way, but it's it's so funny too, like how nonchalantly and how he's willing to out loud say this, even though there's a stenographer there. You know, it's it's funny that you said that because, you know, they can get away with a lot with this show, as we've learned, coming from characters like that or the Bundys themselves and stuff like that. But I don't think that they overdo the crazy lines, you know, and I think that's why they're kind of effective. So when that judge says that, it's not like he's being like the whole situation is stupid to begin with. Like we said, yeah, it's based on on truth where like, you know, people are suing that shouldn't be suing and there's a whole truth to it. But it's so over the top and ridiculous that, yeah, like it could get it could spin out of control and get really silly. Hmm. Very, very quickly, if it were nonstop lines like this, or if the judge was completely, you know, off his gavel or whatever. Yeah, you if you drench the show in sexual innuendos and things like that, or or that type of dark humor, it's just not. It'll just be desensitized. Right, it's too much. Yeah, and I feel like um, Unhappily Ever After did that a lot, where 
everybody was just so ridiculous uh, on the show and it just it, it felt so cartoony you know so ridiculously and and not like old school cartoon more like uh you know family guy or or something like that you know mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so richard johnson versus al bundy mr johnson's attorney please proceed thank you your honor look at my poor client's innocent face so this guy, the burglar, is sitting there with a bandage on his face, a neck brace. He's the poor victim. <laughs> An obviously sweet man who was attacked by this animal. Fairly. I feared for my life. <laughs> Your Honor, if you're not touched by that, you're not the man I slept with in law school. <laughs> Gee, Al, it's really going great. Your Honor, I'd like you to take a look at exhibits A, B, and C, the valuables that my client allegedly stole from Mr. Bundy. A plastic clown, a vase in very poor taste, and a copy of Biggins. Uh, Your Honor, uh, that was the Christmas issue of Biggins, and... uh, they were all decorated for the holidays. He decorated them himself, Your Honor. Uh, your, your, your Honor, the issue here is not how sick I am, but the, uh, the issue is that this man broke into my house. Your Honor, how do we know that my client broke into Mr. Bundy's house? Mr. Johnson, did Mr. Bundy give you any indication that he did not want you in his home? Quite to the contrary. He fondled my bottom with his bare hand. <laughs> Is this true, Mr. Bundy? Uh, uh, uh yes, uh, uh, yes, I did, but, uh... <laughs> Before explaining himself, he has to say yes, because he has to answer the question first, and before he even gets to get into it... Um, everyone is just so disgusted and grossed out. The kids just bolt out of the courtroom. I thought it was my wife. You should be so lucky. My wife's hiney puts yours to shame. And so does mine, I might add. That's not the story your hand told me. So, this is what you do while I'm asleep. Al, I want you to answer me this and answer me right now. Did this man get my warm milk, too? I swear I didn't feed him. I only felt him. Are you going to see him again? Your Honor, these people obviously deserve their fate. But my client does not. So he had a few items that didn't belong to him. Perhaps he's a congressman. Or perhaps they were love gifts from the man who used him and then threw him out. I thought I was going to hear, I am not gay. You know, I thought we were going to do that whole thing again, where Al has to prove he's not gay or just, you know, announce that he's not gay. Mm-hmm. I saw that coming, but no, we did not get that again. What we're looking at here, Your Honor, is an animal. Not like the gentle creatures we all know and love from Born Free or the timeless Lady and the Tramp, but rather a ferocious beast, totally out of control. Mr. Bundy, what if a Girl Scout came by selling cookies? Would you have kicked her in the face? I would and have. (laughs) Now, do you guys remember the whole chipmunk girl uh, selling cookies uh, in the episode at the zoo? 
Yeah, I don't remember him drop kicking her. No, that was the girl from Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven in the in the boat. That's right. It was wow. Who made her dad collapse on the dock? Yeah, she said. <laughs> uh, my daddy said you eat bugs and dirt, and then Al says, "Yeah, tell your daddy you have the mailman's eyes." Remember that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then she ends the whole exchange with uh, "cash only, deadbeat." And then he says, I don't have any money. And she says, eat a bug. And she left. (laughs) After that whole exchange, you could see why Al would uh, kick a girl in the face. (laughs) Her specifically. Yeah. (laughs) We're asking for $50,000 in compensation, Your Honor. Not just for the medical costs incurred by my client, but for the mental stress that my client is going through. Let's hear it in his own words. My life is in a shambles. I am now afraid to break into people's homes. My career as a burglar may well have been cut short while still in the prime of my life. Like, that just makes me want to strangle this guy. Like, now I'm getting mad again, like when I was 12. (laughs) Like, hearing this, I'm like, I'm just shaking my head at why is... He's saying this out loud, and it's okay for everybody in that courtroom. I can no longer look at my own behind with childlike innocence. (laughs) But 50,000 bucks up a lot. We rest our case. Mr. Bundy, your statement, please. Your Honor... Even a man of obvious limited intelligence as yourself can judge this case. See this, and it's like, dude, why are you starting this off like that? I have been in court on a thousand trumped-up charges. Some real, some imagined. The point is, I lost all of them. I don't know the law, nor do I really know how to pleasure a woman. I have no interest in either. Let me ask you one important question. How did we become a great country? By kicking the heinies of anybody who threatened our borders. And that's what I was doing. I was protecting my border. If a man comes into my house, he better be carrying a summons or a pizza. But this man wasn't, so I called in the Marines and the 51st Airborne. So in conclusion, Your Honor, if you rule against me, you rule against every man who fought for his country. The boys at San Juan Hill, the boys at Iwo Jima, Audie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Murphy Brown. Brown and serve sausage. Uh, the cheap brown shoes that every working man is proud to use to kick the hiney of any man who invades his home. Yeah. And uh, that whole speech. So let's break that down. The boys at San Juan Hill, Rough Riders in the Spanish American War in, ni- in 1898. Audie Murphy. Uh, soldier, actor, songwriter, and rancher. He was one of the most decorated American combat soldiers of World War II. Um, Eddie Murphy, everybody knows that comedian and actor. Uh, was that a low point in his career in 1992 and 3? 
Murphy Brown, TV show character who is now back, even though she's now gone also because uh, the reboot was canceled. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I don't remember seeing a Murphy Brown reboot. Oh, yeah. I saw the advertisement, too. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it got canceled before it even started? Yeah, yeah sort of. Oh, wow. Maybe like that uh, Swamp Thing reboot. That's uh, right. <laughs> and one last tidbit of Murphy Brown. She was still in pop culture over the whole uh, Dan Quayle potato incident during this time. <laughs> Your Honor, I await your decision. Guilty. <laughs> of course, of course. The court rules you should pay $50,000 to this man. I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> so for hitting this guy, I could charge $50,000, which I don't have? Well, hell, I may as well go for 100 which is the greatest logic ever. And Al socks the shit out of this guy right in the courtroom. Knocks him out again. They show them in bed. They're happy and you wonder why. You figure maybe Al's just happy that he got to do that. Nope. <laughs> oh, Al, you did it. I'm so proud of you. The system finally came through for us. Yep, I sued him for hurting my hand on his face. <laughs> Claimed I can't sell shoes. Oh, as if you ever could. <laughs> so Al finally won in court for the first time because he said he lost all those other cases. And credits. Kelly is alone in the dark courtroom. Where is my damn cheeseburger? <laughs> now that's the line I thought Jamie was going to open up the show with. <laughs> All right, how many pairs of boobs are you counting to go to sleep out of 10 for this episode, Dan? <laughs> um, let's see. Three sets of twins plus one on, plus one on top. So you give it a 17. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Exactly. No, um you know, I would probably give this a 7 out of 10. This was a solid episode. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was going to go so many different ways. But the beauty of this show is when it doesn't and you just go along for the ride and it's unpredictable, that's that's what adds to the enjoyment a lot of the time. You know, it doesn't go exactly where you think it's going to go. You, you're not – this isn't the Kelly Lawyer story like we said, but very enjoyable. Uh, like you said, I love the Jefferson stuff in the beginning. I loved uh, – <laughs> like you said, but where even when it starts in the bedroom, it, it just seems like um, – a good starting point for this show and I never realized that they do it as often as they do but since you pointed it out I, I, I think that is kind of a great basis for for the show in general and uh, yeah just overall it was great I loved uh, <laughs> I loved Al realizing you know rubbing his ass and he's got two hands and all of that was just comic gold and yeah, the guy from Ace Ventura, that was cool seeing and that whole setup in the courtroom. I thought it was great. So seven out of ten. Nice. Nice. Uh, Jamie, how many sets of boobs are you counting to go to sleep out of ten? Even though sets would imply one. So I did that wrong. But I did want to <laughs> stick with the two, four, six, eight thing. So uh, for this episode. 
nine out of ten. I really, really, really like this one. Plus, it kind of ignited all my own anger about these cases that actually do right. take place. And I was thinking about that. Plus, it made me um, even more excited to watch Unlawful Entry again, <laughs> which should be here. Uh, well, considering the state of everything, I don't know how long it's going to take to get here, but we'll see. Right, right, right. I... Um, I think it went by again. It went by really fast. Like it just, and so I can usually tell when I enjoy an episode a lot because it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't even feel like I watched it. It's just it's already gone. Like it's, it's over. done. Yeah, same. So yeah, this was a good time. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, I came around from when I was twelve, and I really liked it. Um, I give this eight out of ten Hooters that I'm counting to go to sleep. <laughs> the whole thing was really good right from the beginning right to the end and this was another one that just it was over in the blink of an eye couldn't believe it so yeah the whole Jefferson thing was great I mean season 7 for him and Marcy have been just on fire Kelly was great in this episode as being at home in the beginning being a lawyer at the end very end scene Al was amazing in this episode. I love that he punched the crap out of this guy. I like what he stood for in the courtroom, how he presented his case. He was pretty well-spoken for a shoe salesman. Um, and in which, again, I miss the shoe store, gotta say. Yeah, right? I mean, this season is killing me with that. But Peg was great in this episode. Um, everybody was just really on point, And they really made this work. They were probably really excited to get this boxer dude on here. Right that guy was still in a good mood because that article didn't print yet so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah much like bill cosby is before everything went downhill for him yeah it is before <laughs> so yeah that's that tune in next week to our exclusive patreon feed yes there will be no public show next week we're taking a break. We were going to take one after show 150 and take a week off after doing that many episodes, but we decided to shoot for one more. But next week, the No Man Roundtable gets back together, and this time they discuss the money situation in the Bundy household. This time, it's Tyler Tigno, Stephen Scott, and special guest host, Russell Haddix. Really great guy on the Facebook group page. He's a supporter of the show. So they all got together and put the show together for everybody in our Patreon. So join today, guys. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Married With Children podcast. Go there and you can hear all the bonus exclusive content of the Married With Children podcast. We are going to put some stuff together, too, really soon. I have a couple ideas that won't be too hard to do, but I think people will really like them. So I'm going to try to be more active putting things out on there to say thank you to all the supporters of the show so but yeah remember no show next week for the general public all right so after that though two weeks from now you can tune in and listen to the review of movie show kelly gets an unpleasant surprise when the family takes her to a movie on her birthday